Welcome to Q&A, a deeper dive with Sam Holm and other guests as we dig deeper into the sermon content each week. Good morning or good afternoon, wherever you're listening from, but we want to welcome you to a deeper dive. My name is Mark Presley, and we have a special treat for you today. Justin Hornsby is joining us. Morning, Justin. Good morning. How are you, Mark? I'm good, and we're recording that this morning. That's why I'm saying that. And Sam is also here. Yo. And the reason Justin is here is he preached this week. He was taking us through Romans uh, 13, 8 through 14. Sam uh, preached Romans 13, 1 through 7 last week, and that's right. We're back this fall, so we do want to make sure that you share, like uh, this podcast, tell others, because I know we took a little bit of a break, and we kind of talked to different ministers for those five weeks of the 150-year celebration, but we want to make sure we hit the ground running and give you some good content that you can share and maybe even interact with, and again, you can do that by texting the word question to 96123, and uh, it'll give you a prompt, and you can ask questions for each week's sermon or just a general question that you'd love Sam or Justin or someone else to try to answer for you. Um, But this week, why don't you walk us through what you did, Justin? Well, first, we got to break the tension in the room because last night uh, we played fantasy football, and Mark's team beat my team. Oh, it was good. And it was just by like five or six points— he had the Cowboys defense, which I don't know how they pulled that off, but um, and then you had a uh, Lamb, right? I had, yep, CD Lamb, and it, it yeah. So I Cowboys forgot- had a good game last night. I'd so. forgotten about that till right now. Yes, I, yes. I there was no way I was going to win that. And so I'm a little upset with Mark right now, but um, more we'll upset than when to- Dallas beat the Bengals last week. Uh, yeah, well. We'll see in January how that goes. I guess uh, if you didn't know, Justin, little behind the scenes, grew yeah. up around Cincinnati and is mm-hmm. uh, all things Cincinnati fan from yes. Bengals, Tigers, whatever their names are, to uh, the Reds. What other teams are in Cincinnati? Oh, um, that's it. Is there a that's hockey, all, hockey no, team? No, there's no hockey team. Oh, and just the three two. of us do Because Dallas has four or five. That's well, why I was yeah, saying Cincinnati's that. a smaller market, um, which means Dallas should be better because they got a lot more money. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, but so... Uh, the three of us love fantasy football, though. That's something we've done for several years. And um, and if you don't know anything about that, you just like pick people, draft people, and it's not anything. For the record, uh, I also want to point out Andrew is recording this, and Andrew oh, won also. That's but right. He's on earth. Both of us were undefeated until this week. Oh wow! You, you and I. I mean, wait. I said that you one. hadn't lost. We hadn't. Yeah, yeah. We hadn't won until okay. this week. Now back to the okay issue at hand. Um, <laughs> So yeah, th- this past week uh, we were looking at Romans chapter thirteen verses eight through fourteen, and um, you know we've been walking through the book of Romans since I guess way back to last uh, January. Yep. Yeah, and um, so the whole first part of Romans, Paul is really talking about God's work for us in Christ. Really, there's a few little commands. Um, here and there, but he's really talking about uh, our sin and then everything Jesus did to make us right with God through his work at the cross and uh, how the gospel's for everyone, not just Jews, but for all people. And so that's Romans chapter 1 through 11. Then around chapter 12, Paul makes a turn and starts telling us now in light of that, now that you know the gospel and all that Christ has done, here is how you're to live your lives in response in view of his mercy. And so that's where we've been the past several weeks. And then so to, uh, this week in chapter 13, he um, gets to the point of that we are called and commanded to love, uh, to love like Jesus loves and to to constantly love. We can never fully pay that debt. 
Um, that's the first half of the, this portion. And then the, the last half, uh, so we're motivated to love by because it fulfills the law, but then the second half is because we know the time that we live in, that Christ is coming soon or that our lives, uh, our lives are close to being uh, over with each passing day. We're closer to heaven, and so we're called to love in response to that, and a big part of that is living in the day and not in the night and just casting off sin. Um, we live in the day now. We're called to to be like Jesus, to live like him, and um, yeah, so that's the that's the big point, and the, the key verse is verse 14, we're, that we're called to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, put on Christ. Yes. I can see Charles Spurgeon in the 1800s yelling, you know, speaking loudly from the pulpit, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, that he, he preached on this sermon, and so that would be, yeah, put on Christ. That's the theme. I think, I think you did a good job of emulating him. I was gonna, <laughs> uh, Sunday, you had a little run there where oh, you... Where but, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. But uh, if you did want to go hear his sermon, you can go to firstmckinney.com slash on demand, and you can listen to that sermon, Sam's from last week, or catch up on all of Romans. We're going to finish out Romans as we head in towards Christmas, and we would have spent the year in Romans, really. Yes. And I, I just want to add, Justin, I'm so thankful that you always lift Christ high and you preach the text at the same time. Um, I know what we're going to interact right now with just different thoughts and questions around the sermon, but I, I want to read an email, if that's cool, yeah, that was sent right. in. Uh, Carrie sent this email in to the church just in general. And part of what she said is it seems so popular these days to be part of the hater club, the club that fosters separation, violence, lack of even trying to understand or have compassion with people with differences, basically a whole list of things that his word calls Christians, uh, calls unchristlike, un yeah, unchristian-like. In my opinion, it's the responsibility of spiritual leaders to not only praise us when we are living by the word, but possibly more importantly, put out when we are not, even if it's unpopular and uncomfortable, and you may even lose a member and their money. And she goes on just to talk about it. But uh, she was pointing towards your sermon as you were preaching Love Your Neighbor, and I just appreciate the way that you have lifted the Word of God high and always lift Christ high. I tell Justin, like, when I preach, uh, I... I've told the church this too, I default towards, I think, more of a legalistic, what am I supposed to do, even person. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a one on the Enneagram, if y'all know what that means. I need to do the right thing. And Justin and Holly both do a great job pointing us to what Christ has done for us. And one of the things you said in the sermons, yes, we're to put on Christ, but really that's a call to be who we already are, right? Because uh, what Paul has said in the first 11 chapters of what Christ has done for us. And so... Thank you. Thank you for doing it. Yeah, just a quick word about that. Uh, I was thinking about this recently. Like growing up, you, you guys' experience might be the same way. And the church I grew up in uh, loved my church, uh, a church kind of like our church, but this was 25 years ago or so. I grew up in the church a lot yeah. like our church, too. I grew up in this church. <laughs> yeah, in, in this so church. Awesome. Now, I love that. Now, back then, a lot of preaching, um, especially from the pulpit, was a lot of don't. And I heard that a lot um, growing up. Like, don't lie, uh, don't steal, don't. Uh, cheat, you know, don't chew, don't hang around with those who do. Um, don't date those who do, I thought it was. Okay, yeah. You had a different pastor than me. <laughs> yeah. So there was a lot of don't, 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 um, which Paul is not afraid to tell us what not to do. So that that's certainly a biblical thing. There's all kind of scriptures like, don't do this, don't live this way. Uh, preaching over the last uh, few years, several years, I guess, has changed more, just thinking about in general, more to do 
not so much don't. We're kind of, a lot of pastors are afraid to talk about what not to do because that's more offensive. Um, so they'll tell us what to do, like go help people, go serve people, go go do good things. Um, so we've kind of moved from don't to do, when in reality, it's, it's neither one of those things. Ultimately, it's done, that Christ has done That's right. it all for us. Now, there are don't commands in Scripture. There are do commands. But if we don't realize that Christ has already done it all for us, then... Um, then we're preaching a false gospel. And, and I think yeah. that's what both of you do well, is bring in the gospel to this. Yeah. And I think, I don't want to put words in, was it Carrie's Carrie, yep. uh, yeah. email, but that's that's what both of you do well, is you're showing us the scripture, but it's in light of what Jesus has done. And uh, we kind of went through some questions before we got on the yep. air for this, mm-hmm. but... Um, I know one thing that's big in all your preaching, if mm. you go back and listen to some of other Justin's sermon, is finding the gospel mm-hmm. in the scripture he's preaching that day. So uh, you did talk about it in your sermon, but where is the gospel in what you studied this week and, and taught this week? Well, for me, it's always been that really our Bibles, I have my Bible here in front of me, it's, it's really just one big story. Like from the beginning to the end, it's not like separate stories like, oh, now we're in this book and we got a new theme here. No, it's all part of the grand story of God's plan to redeem the world uh, through Christ from the very beginning. Uh, Romans 3, or, I mean, Genesis 3.15 kind of has that mandate, the, we call that the, what, the proto-evangelium, mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, yeah, that, uh, that her offspring, the woman's offspring would crush the head of, uh, of the serpent. Um, and so from the beginning, it's all about what God's going to do in the world through Christ to redeem the world. So I, that's the reason that I seek to always find Christ, because all of Scripture points to him. The Old Testament, the New Testament, all points to Jesus. Um, and so I think all, you know, anytime we're talking about anything, you have to, it's not a Christian sermon if Jesus isn't in it. Um, so, yeah, we have to find Christ. But here it was relatively easy because that verse in uh Verse 14, he's kind of saying, well, in the context of Romans, of course, he's told us in view of God's mercy that we're to do all these things. Everything points back to that, to um, chapter 12, verse 1, that he's saying here. But then he says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that so kind of just showing us we can't do all these things that he's uh, telling us not to do or to do. We can't love and we can't cast off the works of darkness that he mentions in verse 13 here of chapter 13. Uh, unless we put on Christ. And um, and we put on Christ through belief, through believing in Jesus, no other way. That's the only way we put him on initially is through belief, not through our works, but through what believing it, we, what he already did for us. And it, it says in that same verse 14, mm-hmm. it says, wake up. And uh, I was reading through some different questions, uh, and I'm going to ask you, Sam, but is it possible to do Christian things, even many Christian things, and essentially not be awake to God spiritually or asleep towards God? Good question. Yes. I think there's, uh, yes, you can do outward things uh, and not be awake to God, not have had a faith encounter with Christ to an extent. Uh, You're still going to know a Christian by the fruit, Jesus said, that, that you'll know a tree by its fruit. The heart change only happens by grace through faith in Christ. And we are, in words of Paul, we're compelled, we're controlled by the love of Christ as Christians. If, if you're trying to, to motivate and make up an action, uh, sometimes I do think that uh, 
that your emotions will follow an action. And I, I think sometimes we think faith is really feeling-based instead of faith-based. So I think that's that can be confusing on some level. But faith changes our heart, right? Jesus changes our heart by grace through faith in Christ. And uh, yeah, that goes changes you from the inside out. And and I love your illustration of that, even though this would be an outward thing, not the inward thing, yeah. but wearing PJs or, or as Sam said, jammies. Yeah, okay. so, like the clothes that we sleep in at night, um, pajamas. I, I assumed when Sam said in the service jammies that he was saying that because like maybe that's what his kids called him, but I asked him afterwards and he was like, no, that's what I called him. I called him jammies. Wait so, a second. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He didn't say that. Where's uh, Jamie? Yeah. Uh, so yes. Um, think about that. Yeah. At night, most of us. I mean, some people maybe just sleep in their day clothes, but that's kind of uncomfortable because if you're wearing jeans or whatever, you just it feels weird to just wear your clothes. You go around in the day, and you they might be dirty. You've sweated in them, whatever. So uh, you wear different clothes when you sleep. And um, that's kind of what Paul is saying here. Now that you're a believer, don't walk around in your old self, uh, uh, who you were before Christ. You're a, you're a believer now. Walk around in your, the new clothes, the, the righteousness of Christ that you've been given. And um, and uh, yeah, I love that thought. I, I gave the, I think John Piper I was reading, he's the one who uh, I read that illustration by and talks about, yeah, we should be embarrassed to to go around in our night clothes. It'd be like a lot, like, have you ever had, I've had, we've had nightmares about showing up to school or work in our pajamas, right? Yeah. Especially, especially if some people just, you know, if they just wear like not a whole lot when they're sleeping, whatever. So we have um, nightmares about showing up to school like that. So he's saying you should be embarrassed to go throughout your everyday life, just living in sin. That should, that should embarrass you. Like, cause we're new, we're, we're a new creation now. We're not called to live in the dark anymore. We put on yeah. Christ. That's right. Amen. You said it about yeah, yeah. 50 times. I'd love to kind of put on Christ, put yes, on Christ. Right. Now, uh, another thought, and, mm -hmm. and we were talking about this earlier, Sam, um, and it, it hits home for me because I have a good friend that has been given a terminal diagnosis, mm -hmm. and uh, we were talking, we're going to interview a gentleman today um, who has a story mm -hmm. who also, uh, there's not much that can be done about him, but we've all been giving a, a, a terminal diagnosis. As Justin said, each day we're closer mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to the day we'll no longer be here on earth, you know? So, uh, but if it, what would, what things would you do right now for either one of you, if you knew the end would happen today <laughs> or even this week, let's say you were given a week to live, what would you do? Pastor Sin. That's a deep question. So Sunday, we had the opportunity to baptize someone who you've gotten mm -hmm. to grow to know and love, uh, whose mom is very sick. And yeah, the end is coming for all of us. Uh, for some of us, it's a little more clear. Justin's words on Sunday, uh, the the death rate uh, since mm. is 100%, right? Mm -hmm. That's coming for all of us. But Jesus also told us that he's coming back. He's coming mm -hmm. soon. And even as you look at what's going on in the world, there's many prophecies that have been fulfilled. I think he could come back today and all of scripture would have been uh, fulfilled. So I had someone actually email me that just uh, a few weeks ago that asked me that question uh, and said, actually, I, I, they were saying, I believe, as you look at Daniel, they had a date in their mm -hmm. mind of when it was going to happen and said, what would you do different today? So 
we as a church believe that the call is to make disciples. And so I would tell you, I, I think if you today believe Jesus is coming back in a few days or even tomorrow, the most important thing for you to do is to make disciples. Uh, one of the things we talk about in our church is the difference between addition and a multiplication. Addition is not bad, but if we filled up our sanctuary every day with a thousand people who did not know Christ, and if there was some way that we could do that and lead them to faith in Christ, it would take us 16,000 years to reach the world for Christ. But instead, if we could lead someone, one person to follow Christ, if an individual in our church would do that in a reproducible way, and every six months that person and themselves would reproduce and, and lead someone else to follow Christ, in 16 years the whole world would be following Jesus. And so I do believe the most important thing for us to do is to make disciples who would make disciples, and that's the fastest way for us to reach the world, even though it seems counter what, what we might think because it's a small group or even one-on-one -on -one that God could do that through. That's what Jesus did. And uh, so short answer, not really, but yeah, make disciples. Did you well, wanna... I was just going to say I don't I don't love hypothetical questions, especially <laughs> ones that that can't happen. Good, um, I'm going to give you more. Okay, <laughs> because um, there's no way that that any of us will ever know like Jesus is coming today. Uh, that's that passage in First Thessalonians I referenced that He will come like a thief in the night. Even right. Jesus doesn't know when He's coming. So it's we're never it's not going to be like, hey, I'm coming in two hours. Just want you guys to be ready. That that's not going to be the case. Um, it's kind of like uh, you know. We think we how we might act if we were on a plane that that went down is burning. Oh, I'm going to help people get off the plane, but that's probably only going to happen one time in our lives if it ever happens. And I don't know. I I would love to help people off, but I may be running from my life if the plane's burning. So, um, so what would we actually do? I think the as I thought about that, maybe the better thing for me to think about is there anything that I'm currently doing that I would not hmm. want to be doing? That's good. If Christ came back today, um, one of the thoughts that came to my mind, and not that I've never, uh, I certainly have got like uh, kind of sucked into maybe a series or something on Netflix or uh, whatever, Amazon. Um, thankfully, I'm not right now uh, <laughs> in any of those. But let's say, I, I don't know, I don't know much about those shows, but let's say there's one that's just not super appropriate and not helping uh, believers follow the Lord. Um, I wouldn't want to be like right in the middle of that uh, while Jesus returns. I think what the reason he lists these sins and then calls us to to cast that off in light of his coming is, can you just imagine like as a believer that you're in the in the middle of committing adultery with someone that's not your wife mm. and then Christ returns at that moment mm. like man, how shameful and awful would that be? So I think that's, I think we have to be mindful of, is there anything, any behaviors in my life that's like, I just got to cast that off. And um, the thought of evangelism, though, if most, uh, if most evangelism happens best in relationships, which I think most of us would agree, right? Mm -hmm. that, not that you can't evangelize people you don't know, but Especially aren't there culture. Yeah, statistics yeah. that would say evangelism have, so the thing would be, if I don't already have if, if, if all of a sudden Jesus says, I'm coming back in six hours, and I just start running out and telling everybody about Jesus, and I don't have a relationship with any of those people, most of them are not going to listen to me. So what good is that going to do? So the, the thing to think about is, who do I need to have relationships with now um, so that I can tell them about Jesus now so yeah. that they already know 
in uh, Justin words, they're going to think you're weird. Yeah, that's right. I was thinking about that. Now, it, it's interesting. So if we all got a heads up, if every believer got a heads up, Christ is coming back in three hours, and we all, all of us started running around and telling people Jesus was coming back, maybe that would be, maybe you'd get more people to respond because it's not just one guy. If it's just one guy running around doing that, then everybody's going to think you're crazy. Yeah, you, but, you're hypothetical. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But it is, yeah. I, I like what you said there, that it is about relationship. Because yeah. I do some of that, you're, you're, you're not doing it out of guilt. And right. I want to not do yes. things out of relationship. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. What I'm trying to say, it's kind of a weird way to say it. But yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. because I love Jesus, I'm not going to do those things. Now, here's the ultimate thing, though, because... If if we knew Jesus was coming back tomorrow, you don't live in fear. That's a that's huge. Like you don't. That's not a day to be afraid of. Like he says to the Thessalonians, it's going to catch people off guard like a thief in the night, but not you. It's not going to catch you off guard because you're not in darkness anymore. You've been rescued through Christ. So even if um, you know me saying the not wanting to be doing sinful things when Christ returns, even if that was the case, because I'm sure. Uh, there's just too many believers and too many sins to commit that someone will be sinning that's a true believer when Christ returns. It's not like, oh, uh, you're not mine now because you're sinning. Uh, that's not the gospel is all of our sins atoned for. So there's no, uh, when Christ returns, that will be the end and we go be with him forever and what a glorious day that would be. Now, let me let me do a little bit of a curveball here. Since you're both in here, and one preached last week and one preached this week, and again, you can go listen to those, firstmckinney.com slash on demand. And if I haven't said it, send if you want to ask us a question, send the word question to 96123. You'll get a prompt and go. But Sam, last week your sermon was all about submitting to authorities, and we got a ton of questions about that. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. But... uh and it was on paying taxes yet, verse 8 of Justin's. So it leads right, we go from 7 into 8. It says, owe no one anything mm-hmm. except to love each other. Mm. So I know those aren't in conflict because he's writing them all at once, but kind of walk through the the discussion between submit to authorities, pay pay what you owe, but yet you owe no one anything, you know? So Justin, somewhat... Uh, spoke to that this week, like he is saying in the end of the passage that I was teaching that we're to pay what we owe so that you don't owe, like you you don't want to live in debt to the government for taxes you haven't paid, right? And then he also says to pay respect and to pay honor uh, to the government leaders, which, uh, yeah, there's he's saying don't live in debt to that. But then Justin led into, well, we do have a love debt in response to Christ, that we give in response through loving others. You love God and love others, the great commandment, and that that uh, that is connected, is not conflicting, I don't yeah. believe. If you study that passage, there are some people that use that verse to argue that Christians should never be in any kind of debt, that you should never um, uh, t- have a mortgage on your home, that you should never have any kind of debt whatsoever. Uh, George Mueller uh, who had all these orphanages and and uh, you can read his autobiography talks about how he never asked yeah never asked for anything a day in his life except to the Lord and then God just provided everything he used that verse as a way of saying that he would never go into debt so some people have done that I don't think that's what Paul is trying to teach there so you have to look at other 
scriptures, really the Bible is is silent on should a Christian ever be in debt. And in fact, there's lots of verses that show that we will be because there's lots of verses about um, when someone does have a debt to you, this is how you should treat them. Uh, it does tell us in Proverbs, Solomon said, you know, don't be slave to the lender. Right. So there is yeah. certainly uh, great freedom in, in not having debt. Um, there's also, I, I think one of the things to go deeper in that is uh, if 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 someone if you have loaned someone money, there's a lot of scripture about that. Scripture would tend to almost say, "Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Just give them the money. Don't loan them the money." Uh, you can even look at the year of jubilee. Every fifty years, everyone was forgiven of all of their debts. Wouldn't that be great if the government did that to us? Like every yeah, that's fifty a good years. Hypothetical. Let's yeah, talk about that. Every one. <laughs> fifty years, no, whatever thing you owe, it's all forgiven. And um, which apparently yeah. they never actually practiced, mm, from what so. I've heard. Yeah, so. but yeah, so but yeah, good good passage there. The the bigger thing is, yeah, we always owe the debt of of love towards others. We can't ever fully pay that uh, in this side of heaven. Well, we're almost out of time here, but I do want to thank you. This was this was to me one of the better ones to get the two of you in a room and and talking about what you've talked about. Uh, yeah, go well, ahead. I just want to say something really cool that. Um, Augustine, or a lot of people call him Augustine, uh, one of the early church fathers uh, around the year 300 or so, uh, Augustine, Augustine of Hippo and uh, Africa, he um, uh, was one of the early, like really reformers before the Reformation, really Christ-centered, grace-centered. This passage, uh, Romans 13, 13, and 14 is how he became a believer, reading those verses. He was doing a lot of those things that Romans 13 tells us not to do. His mom was a believer, praying for him constantly, uh, and he was living promiscuously, really struggled. He talks about this in his book, Confessions, that he wrote. This is how we know this. Uh, talks about his struggles with sin. He's struggled with sexual sin, uh, I think drunkenness as well. Uh, one day he's in just sitting. He has a Bible next to him, but he's just struggling, uh, doesn't believe in Jesus, has not given his life to Christ, just struggling. He has a Bible next to him. He's in this playground. He hear, he, he, he says in the book, I can't remember if it was a girl or a boy, but he hears this voice, and they're saying in the playground next, he just hears these voices. They're, they're yelling out, tole lege, tole lege, which in Latin means take up and read, take up and read. Hmm. So he has the Bible right next to him, and he, this is all in his book, Confessions. He talks about this. Uh, he, te- he has the Bible, or has the Bible right next to him. Opens it up, randomly turns to Romans thirteen and fourteen, uh, but casts off the works of darkness and no orgies and drunkenness, sexual immorality, sensuality, quarreling and jealousy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, at that moment, he gave his life uh, to Jesus. So. Um, just a cool that just shows how God can use His Word wherever it is. That's not a passage we would necessarily think that's like a gospel passage where some where we would use that to tell someone about Jesus. But um, one of the most important early church fathers. That's how he came to yeah. Christ. A cool story. Really cool. And maybe that's you right now as you're listening. Maybe mm-hmm. you need to respond to the gospel, maybe even as Justin was sharing, mm-hmm. uh, the thought of Christ coming back. If, if, if Christ were to come back and you were to look at your life and there's mm-hmm. something that you need to turn from and you need to put on Christ, that can happen right now today by grace through faith in Jesus. Um, yeah. 
And if you, uh, we don't normally throw this one out there, but if, if, if you do need to talk to someone, hmm. um, mm-hmm. we, I keep saying text question 96123. We've also set up, if you text the word talk to 96123, we'll get back to you and we can start yes. a conversation. If there's something deeper you just want to talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we, we, it may not be one of us, but someone from the staff would love to yes. have that conversation with you. And uh, we're just about out of time, but Sam, I know, uh, again, we hope you like, share this, uh, tell other people, kind of get this built again for the fall as we go into our Christmas season. We're going to uh, go through the rest of Romans uh, just to keep you up uh, uh, what's coming ahead. I know Sam is preaching this next week on mm-hmm. 14. He might tell you that here in a minute. But uh, if you'd love to be part of the conversation, we told you text talk to 96123. Again, if you want to ask a question for the podcast, Text the word question to 96123. And we just hope you, if you see us in the hallways or somehow tell us you're listening, because hmm. uh, that also lets us know who's listening and, and what the content we can provide. But Sam, I'll let you wrap us up for the, the yeah. day today. So the Bible is just awesome, hmm. really. And I know I'm supposed to say that as a pastor, but it really constantly floors me how relevant it is. And what we're about to walk into in Romans chapter 14 and 15, many believe is the prompter that caused Paul to write the letter of Romans. Uh, He's talked a lot about the Jew and the Gentile being reconciled. In chapter 14 and 15, he's going to present the issue, apparently, that was being fought about between the Jews and the Gentiles in the church. They were quarreling over non-essential issues. They were fighting about diet and days. Uh, uh, Some were saying we need to make sure we're only eating vegetables, not eating meat, not drinking wine, is what chapter uh, 14 will talk about. And some were saying, no, that's legalism. Uh, We we don't have to. Uh, So, and, and then the days, the religious days of, of when, when are we supposed to worship and with the feasts and, and, and how do we practice Sabbath? And so the Jews and the Gentiles, because of their different backgrounds, were disagreeing and they were arguing about these non-essential things. And he's going to say, command them, a key word that will be in chapter 14 and 15, is we're to welcome one another like Christ has welcomed us without quarreling about non-essential things. And then, well, does that mean there's no accountability? No, he's going to say we need to live in line with our conscience and do everything for the glory of God individually. So corporately, welcoming, not arguing about non-essentials, and then individually doing everything for the glory of God in line with our conscience. And so I, I'm eager to jump in and to, to, to see what God has there. It's, it's rich. And maybe you want to read ahead. Uh, we're going to be in chapter 14, verses 1 through 12 next Sunday. Well, thank you again. And thank you, Justin, for joining us. And maybe they were quarreling over jammies or PJs, oh, what, what you call them. Who knows? <laughs> or fantasy football. Wait. Or fantasy football. Mm. <laughs> and I don't know who I have this week, but I'm hoping it's Sam. So. <laughs> that you play Sam this you, week. You, you better hope it's me because I was 0-2 going into this week. My mm. team's been terrible. Well, then all three of us won. Andrew, you and I. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there you. Okay. Well, y'all have a good day. Thank you for joining us this week on Q&A at Deeper Dive. We hope you'll like, subscribe, and share this podcast along with others. You can submit your questions by texting question to 96123, and we'll discuss those each week. Again, thank you for joining us.